here tonight is to praise the Lamb, give him glory and honor for all he's done for us. We have a few requests. I believe uh, Brother Riley is sick tonight and running a fever, so we'll remember him in our prayers. Just continue to remember Brother Ron and Sister Vicki in our prayers. God is mindful of every situation and every heart tonight. If you have something on your heart, just make it known by an uplifted hand. God sees what we have need of in this service tonight. Brother Johnson. such a good time to come worship God. Such a good time to forget about the world right in the middle of the week when you don't feel like you can take it no more. we got to release and we can come worship Him. Amen. Let's just pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we truly love you, Lord. Lord, we honor you, Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we're such a thankful group of people, Lord. We look through our lives, Lord, and down through time we see your hand upon us, Lord. Lord, though you Lord, mistakes have been made. You love us, Lord. You've brought us to this place to worship you, Lord, and we're so happy to be a part of this word. Lord, we ask you to come tonight, Lord, and Lord, the needs that was presented before you, the hands that was lifted up, Lord, if you would move in a mighty way, Lord. Lord, you come on the scene, Lord, and you move back mountains, Lord. You move back devils, Lord. You move back enemies, Lord. Create a place of worship in here tonight, Lord. And, Lord, let us all enter in, Lord, and put ourselves, everything aside, Lord, and just focus upon you tonight, Lord, and welcome you in this place. Take full control. Be with Brother Mark, Lord. Anoint him, Lord, to sing the songs and us to worship behind him, Lord, and anoint our pastor tonight, Lord, to get himself out of the way and just speak straight lip, Lord, to hear from you. Lord, we ask you these things knowing you're doing, Lord, knowing that you can and you will. And we're claiming it, Lord, in your lovely name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Are you ready? 
ready to forget about the things of the day and just worship the Lord tonight and give him all the glory. Let's pray to him tonight. Thank you, Sister Keith. Be blessed. Well, I've laid up my treasures in that home above. Trust him fully, trust him in my Savior's life. Doing what I can for heaven's holy death. Oh, I'm getting ready to leave this world. Oh, I'm getting ready to leave this world. Oh, I'm getting ready for the gate of birth. I am keeping my record right. Watching. treasures in my home above, trusting, fully trusting in my Savior's love.
to sing this old song. We uh, used to sing it as a trio, but we're going to try to sing it uh, congregationally tonight. You help me if you remember the words to it. If not, maybe after the first time around, you'll, you'll have it to keep it. Going.
is going to end in sight. We're just going to leave all these troubles and struggles behind and enter into the joys of the Lord. Praise the Lord. We'll let you have your seats tonight when our ushers to come receive the evening offering you just give to the Lord. It's good to have our brothers at Glad. Chris back with us in the service tonight. God bless you, Brother Chris. Amen. Let's sing this one more chorus. I think it may be good too. Yeah. 
better place that we could be in tonight to be shut in with God. Amen. Amen. Sister Wanda has got a song for us tonight, so she'll get ready to sing for us.
continuation of this series on the family. How many just want to praise the Lord? Half of us, the rest of us. Let's praise the Lord, will you? presence of the Lord, preaching the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to say how much I enjoy Psalms 19. How beautiful. How beautiful. Enjoy that. That's, those are wonderful words uh, to make us strong in the Lord uh, tonight. Well, praise God. Certainly appreciate our musicians and wonderful songs. And Brother Mark was on fire tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you may. Go with me again tonight in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 6. We'll continue on by the grace of God. Welcome back in the house of the Lord. From, uh, from Sunday uh, preaching to Wednesday night preaching are two different sort of, of anointing and um, material that we're dealing with, so I'm trying to, for the folks that are not here on Sunday, I'm actually trying to blend in a little bit of the uh, Wednesday evening services into those services, and it's quite a challenge to do it, you know, but um, I, I think we're able to catch everybody that way, and a little bit on family as well, 
uh, into the Sunday morning service. But uh, Wednesday nights are good nights to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Hallelujah. Here in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, Solomon says, Train up a child in a way he should go. See, in the old Aramaic language, this is the language of the exile Israelis that came into captivity in Babylon. And when they returned back to their homeland, this is the language that uh, many people speculate that Jesus spoke. The Aramaic language is uh, a beautiful language that gives beautiful uh, meanings in, in, in this particular scripture, the word train is to dedicate or to inaugurate, meaning that you train up the child in the way uh, he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Right. There's a lot of, lot of uh, material there tonight that we can expound on, but just to kind of set the tone for the evening. And to give the backdrop for the message again tonight, this is part four in the family. A train up a child in a way he should go. You see, that language there in the Aramaic language is actually to uh, a, a parent taking the responsibility to help a child in a direction. It's not how, where he or she wants to go, but the parents having that ability and power to help that child in life to go in a direction that would be pleasing to God. And uh, it says, train up the child the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. This is why the word train there back in the Hebrew, it is to dedicate or inaugurate, meaning that the parents will see to the end that that child is dedicated to the cause and there'll be an inauguration of that celebration of that child. They bring them to that point to where they're able to uh, to graduate into another phase of life. They have them for a season, and then they train them to go in this direction, and then now they're able to say, okay, you're graduated now. I can hand you over to the next season of your life. Psalms 127, verses 4. you ever studied the Aramaic language, it's, it's very beautiful. It is commonly known that Jesus may have spoke that because it's actually common Hebrew, but it's beautiful. I have one of their Bibles, Aramaic Bible, in my, in my um, office, in my study, and I love to just read and study the language of uh, the Hebrew. It's beautiful language, common to everyday language, but their words have a lot of power that stretches beyond just the English word or even the Greek. In uh, Psalms 127, verses 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children 
of the youths. We, in other words, have the power to put them into our bowl and shoot them in a direction that will be very rewarding to their life, and that is in the way of God. They are in our hands. They are arrows in our hands, and we have that power within us to carve out their lives. What we are now is what we have seen, whether it's maybe some weak moments or good moments. Those things have a way of surfacing in our lives. But we, we, want to, we want to do everything that we can to uh, bring our children up in the fear of the Lord, our heritage, our family. And not only to the age of adulthood, as the world would say, 18 or 19 uh, is the age of adulthood, but to continue on being an example before them that they will know that the God they were raised to serve is real and it continues on in our lives. The family part four, let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we deem it a great privilege to be in the house of God tonight. We pray, God, that your sweet Holy Spirit will just captivate my mind tonight and bring me into a channel, Lord, uh, outside of my ordinary mind, but in sync with the mind of the Holy Spirit tonight. Have your way in this service, Lord. We pray that you'll now speak to our hearts in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the church says, Amen. God bless you. No, I, I've been around a while, especially in church. I guess you can call me a church mouse. I was raised on the church pews. I was raised, that's all I knew. My mom and dad, they, we lived in a parsonage. That's where I grew up in part of my teenage years, and then the rest... Uh, I left home and uh, uh, exiled to migrate to Canada, but it's all I know is church, you know, you understand. And, but this, there come a time in my life I had to understand that church wasn't so much a building or just uh, theories or formulas, but it was a reality. I say all that to say I've seen a lot of things. Growing up in church and being a part of church and uh, I've seen people who also was raised in church with me and after being in church so long, you actually become church smart. You what you call a church mouse, you know just how to, uh, what to do and what to say and how to say it and how to Dodge things, know how to duck and to manipulate things. You become, so to speak, church smart. And I grew up with many friends who was that way. They knew just the right thing to say and not to say. They learned the environment and the language of church. And, you know, as we see it, even in our ranks, I'm sure there are many of you who have Seen the same thing, done the same thing, knew just what to say, not to say, just how to keep the preacher away from us and just to dodge him. But you know, there's one that we can never slip by, and that is Jesus Christ. He knows all things, see all things, and he is in control of all of our lives. You know, my spirit tonight, I have to say, is troubled and grieved 
distraught at some more matters I hear of in this church. And I'm dismayed and horrified when I begin to hear of uh, sayings of Laodicea becoming, uh, uh, becoming alive amongst the church body. Not only just this church, but the bride of Christ at large. It will, it will send any true servant of God into a stage of uh, desperation uh, to seek God's mind, to uh, bring sermons or to uh, bring uh, discipline to his church and his audience so that they can get closer to Jesus Christ. Uh, when it's all said and done, the responsibility of the congregation lies upon the shoulder of the pastor. He must be a man that is uh, so in love with God and his people that he is a humble man. But not so humble to where he becomes just a pushover to turn and look the other way when they are sin being named in and amongst the body of Christ. I believe we're seeing such a delinquency in our churches, in families, in parenthood, and the list goes on uh, this uh, evening. But I, I want to sort of insert myself in this category uh, of the age and uh, just give you the, um, the disclaimer again of uh, my responsibility. In a message, the end time evangelism, 1962, Brother Brown is talking about parent delinquency and church delinquency. And he said, I think a lot of pulpit delinquency. For they just let them get by and say nothing about it. When there it is, uh, when there it is in the word. He's actually sp speaking about the moral condition of the day. You see, no one is just to point fingers at anyone uh, this evening because we're all accountable to one another. Our behavior are to be accountable to each other. No one live and die, as I've said to himself, but we live and die to all that is around us, especially those of the household of faith tonight. So we understand, I think, a lot of pulpit delinquency. And he said that for they just let them get by and say nothing about it. And church, I, I just want to say something here. That if there's something going on, if there's any spirit or anything that is happening within the church of God, the pastor must be a man who's sharp and quick and the Spirit of God to be able to perform surgery in his, in his congregation. Otherwise, a spiritual disease will, uh, will, will come through like a tidal wave and, and hit uh, not just one, but every family that is present. I believe last week we spoke about five demons sent from hell to destroy your family. I'll recap them very quickly. Uh, the spirit of Antichrist, which is the spirit against truth, wrong being called the right. The spirit of rebellion, which is defiance of authority 
are disobedient. Uh, the spirit of Herod which entices our children to live a life of immorality. The spirit of Jezebel which attacks young ladies to conform to the Laotian lifestyle. And then lastly, the spirit of Absalom, which is hatred and bitterness, children speaking in defiance towards parents. Now, these are not just simply spirits that we are seeing uh, within the church, but they are spirits that are outside in the world. That even the world is beginning to feel the pressure and the power of hell amongst their societies and their gatherings. Now we see all these spirits and more have been unleashed from hell to destroy our families tonight. And I believe that our families are being entangled, as I've said, indoctrinated and incorporated with unbridled passions uh, ungodly living and uh, moral actions uh, in the framework of the church as it stands. This generation is being uh, brainwashed by the devil's perversion. It has been brainwashed by the ways of the world. But I want to say tonight that the ways of the world is not the ways of the church. The spirit of the age is not the spirit of the church. We have a different standard than the world has. We have a different criteria than the world has tonight. They have their philosophy and their rules, but the church have a different kind of rule. And that rule is the rule of God's holy ordinance. What they say is different than what God has said tonight. And I believe that we have an absolute. Can you say amen? We see this generation is being swayed in a way that, that, that is to blend everybody and put them in the same category. But you understand we are of a different category. We are of a different place. We are, we are not a citizens here. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are just pilgrims and strangers here. We're what you call people who are passing by. We are like spiritual gypsies that are just passing through the land. Because like Abraham, we look for a city who builder and maker is God. This is not our home. And don't get comfortable with the ways of Laosia. Their laws are diverse than our laws tonight. I want you to understand that the corrupt uh, media is all about, uh, and I'm going to pick up from last week, witchcraft and vampires and pornography and homosexuality and lesbianism and transgender and they're trying to change God's formula of life. They're trying to rewrite how families are to operate. They're trying to change the order of God's church. 
and the mind of God's creation. And the airwave is filled with this every day as I preach from week to week. More demon power are out there in the atmosphere. They're trying to redefine what American families should be like. But let me say, friends, we are not looking at the principle of Laosia for our examples. Our example comes from God. It comes from this holy word. Tonight, it is our absolute. You see, this stuff tonight is dangerous uh, to adults and especially to young adults uh, in our church. Sodomy has become so normalized in many believers' homes and churches. It is not a matter that we take lightly. Uh, transgender and, and changing humanity is not something that the church look at lightly. So I said a couple of weeks ago, right here in our own city, in our own state, in Nashville, right in Vanderbilt, they are giving injections to the young children, boys and girls, unbeknownst to their uh, parents in a private room uh, to change their sex and, their, uh, and, and to be something else that God has made them. This is right here in Nashville. And they cover it up in the front and don't want it to be exposed. But friends, you take your children to the doctor. You better sit in that room with them. We got too much junk that's going on. The world is pushing everything they can to try to control the world and the minds of people. But praise God, our minds are on Jesus Christ. This is why Paul said, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you. You see, the, the basic fundamental moral values are being trampled on by young adults. And what's even sad is parents will turn their heads and look the other way. I believe as people of God, we are to hold these basic fundamental truths in our family and in our churches. Some basic ways of living. God has given us a formula how to live. He's given us all a formula how to live. And none of us are to live outside of those formulas. God expects us all to comply to the formula of life. If we will follow the formula, I believe the things will be all right. And some of these things are just basic fundamental truths and family and faith and, and upbringing and discipline and order within our families. They're not just, God didn't just bring us out here in the world and, and, and give us some kind of a, a chemistry formula to try to figure out. He has set the formula in place for the church. And I believe it's simple uh, for people that will just follow those rules that God has given us. You know, in our nation, any good conservative American will tell you the best way to avoid teenage pregnancy is to practice abstinence. You see, these are basic elementary truths that we need to understand to have social boundaries, curfews, and accountabilities. We're not too big for those things. You say, oh, when I'm an adult now, I don't have to. I have a curfew. 
I am accountable. I have social boundaries. Being an adult and being a grandfather and a pastor or a husband does not expel me from the simple formulas of life itself. We should have boundaries. We should set curfews. We should be accountable. The spirit of the age is to be reckless and free. To not be under headship to anything. And we look down upon the youths, but I bring it up now to the, the adults and, 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 and mature people. We are all to be under some leadership, and that leadership is God this uh, evening. You see, parents have adopted uh, what we call the spirit of the age, uh, uh, the mentality of the spirit of the age. It may be the spirit of the ace, but as I've said, it is not the spirit of the church. They may have different rules and spirits that they are maybe toying with, but the church has a, a higher standard. We have stronger uh, beliefs and orders within our families and discipline that God has given us. You see... We may, uh, we, may, we may see a lot of things that, that seems just uh, normal in the world. But you understand the world's normalcy and the church normalcy are two different things. We cannot allow our minds to become confused with the way of the world. We are two different separate people. We're not the same. We are not the same as the world is. We may, we may eat the same food, go to the same restaurants, but our laws are different than their laws. While Esther was in the land of the unbelievers, the Bible said that she stayed with God's principle. She stayed with God's word. She stayed with the Holy Spirit. That even they came to the king and said, there's a people that is dispersing thy kingdom whose laws are diverse than the law of the king. We may have governments and policies and politics, but understand their laws doesn't govern us. We are governed by a higher law. A law outside of this world that influence our minds. You believe it? I believe that uh, it's sad to say, but what we have is parent delinquency. Parent and church leaders, uh, and I don't say just this church, uh, are endorsing moral depravity. I know churches today of, of leaders and parents uh, who will just turn the other way and allow their young people and, and, and young families to just do whatever they want to do just to keep a big congregation. Friends, it's not about a large congregation. It's not about how many people you have. It's about being in Christ Jesus and knowing your security in Him tonight. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's high time to call out the spirit of immorality and perversion without discrimination and prejudice tonight. Let me give you a little bit of abbreviation of some quotes from the message. Brett Ram said, it isn't uh, juvenile delinquency, it's parents delinquency. 
And if the parent would teach the child and see where they were at. You know, it's sad. Our kids are everywhere. We don't know where they're at. And I don't mean just you say, well, when they're home, I'm talking about adults. We ought to know where our families are. So we know how to pray for them. Job prayed for his adult children and said, Lord God, pre-adventure to sin. I'm setting up an ovulation, a morning sacrifice for their sins. I believe it's, it's important to, to know where our children are. That's what we are parent, we are family in Christ. He said it isn't uh, juvenile delinquency, it's parent delinquency. And if the parent would teach the child and see where they were at. Oh my, God help us tonight. He said we've never had juvenile delinquency till we've had parent delinquency. He said the parent is delinquent. And that's right. Letting their kids do like that. We need some child training I think. It's a lot of parent delinquency. Goes on, he said, it's not parent delinquency, it's uh, our juvenile spare delinquency. It's because that the parents uh, has neglected. And a whole lot of it is the way the church never preach on it. So if you hear me preaching hard and hot, it's my job. Because I don't want to have pulpit delinquency in this church. If I hear of any kind of spirit, I don't care what it is. It's my job to cut it to the roots. And to make sure we have a safe sanctity and a safe church and a clean place that we can worship. You want that? Hallelujah. We want to have a testimony where we go to a church that is clean and holy. You can feel God's presence when you walk into that place. And when the pastor gets up, you know he's been with God. When the song leaders sing, the presence of God comes in. Is that what you want? Then if that's what you want, it will take hard preaching. Amen. And parents, hallelujah, implementing these truths into their families. I love that. He said a whole lot of it is the way the church never preached it. I'm not going to be guilty of it. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Maybe what you think might be light, and maybe what you think is just something little, it's not little to me. Because I take no chances. I know those Amalekites are going to grow up, those baby Amalekites are going to become giant in the church of God. You see, parents cannot keep silent about the moral corruption in God's church. We can't. We have to scream against it. I don't care who it is. If it's one of your, one of mine, it is our voice that cries out against these things. I believe that God is raising up voices in this church. Hallelujah. Of holy standard that's crying out against sin and unbelief. Hallelujah. Otherwise, we're sacrificing our families, our children, our integrity, and moral authority uh, to Satan tonight. I believe we are to live so close to Christ that the world, when they look, they'll see a life that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is your life worthy of the gospel? 
that God bypassed the Greeks and, and the English and, and, and the Westlands and, and the Lutherans and, and all and come right to you as people of God in this age. Bypassed his own race, the Jews, and came to no good Gentiles like us. Is your life worthy of the gospel? God help us tonight. That we're to live so close to Jesus Christ that people mistake us for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When Brother Casey was a little baby in diapers, he used to call me Brother Jesus. Hallelujah. He really thought that I was Jesus Christ. My granddaughter, I believe somebody, Carrie Fate, was a babysitting them the other night. And they were talking about Jesus. And uh, they asked the question, you know who Jesus looked like? And I think it was um, Adeline Cage said, yes, I do. My pa does. He took a picture of him and put it in a church. So everybody will know what he looks like. You You ought to be in such connection with Jesus Christ to where people know you have a connection. Is that right, friends? Even the kids know it. She actually thought that I took a photograph because him and I are good friends. Amen. That's the way you want it in your lives, friend. You want to see Jesus Christ alive every day in your life. I want to see young people, young women raise up in the church. Hallelujah. Amen. They will live a life that's worthy of the gospel. You believe it? That they don't have to sneak around and wear pants. Praise God. We have too many of that raised in a message. And the message churches. Hallelujah. Designed to be like Laosia. Get your heads back in Christ Jesus. Praise God. I don't mean to pick on Sister Michaela again. Amen. But I'll tell you something about this sister. I love and respect her so much. You see, when she wasn't in the message before this, she had a desire to want to do right. She was raised in a home where pants is all you should wear. But because there was such a holy conviction down in the inside of her, she snuck and wore skirts. And in the message, the girls are sneaking and wearing pants. What a testimony. God have mercy. She snuck out and wore skirts. Amen. Because there was that amen desire in her heart to do what is right. Some kind of a moral, godly morals. It don't come sitting on a message fuse. It come by knowing Jesus Christ. You believe it? My God, have mercy in this church. I believe God wants to raise the standards so high that the devil, when he sees these church door, hoping Brother Jonathan, he's running for his life. Those people that goes to BT, man, they've got the Holy Ghost. You believe it? Oh, we can't keep silent about uh, uh, the moral corruption in God's church. Otherwise, Satan will strip us uh, of, uh, of our spiritual authority in Christ Jesus. Saints, we need to be on guard against uh, a godless environment coming into our messes, homes, uh, and churches. Otherwise, soon uh, we'll finally drift into a lifestyle that is indistinguishable from the sodomites. You ought to stand out when you're in the world. People ought to look at you and where, where do you go to church? What is it that's so different about you? What is it so different about your life? 
not so much what you're wearing, but there should be such a radiance of God's holiness that's emanating from our lives. Is that what you want, friends? Hallelujah, because you've been in the presence of God. And the way back to the presence of God is through the altar. The way back to Eden is through the altar. Is through the altar. That's where the presence of God is. Do you believe it? Where was Cain and Abel? At the altar. In the presence of God. And when Cain was sent out from the east gate, where was he sent out from? The presence of God. So the presence of God is at the altar. And I said we need the altar in the church. In our homes. In our lives. We need God's presence every day in our lives. We believe it. Fill me, oh God, with your presence. Oh, I don't care for fame and popularity. I don't care for those things. I just want to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to be like Jesus. Amen. That's why I love you, Brother Casey. Amen. Keep thinking. I'm Jesus. Amen. It's all right to call me Brother Jesus. Amen. I want to be like him. Talk like him. Walk like him. Preach like him. Are you with me tonight? My God, help us. You see all this stuff coming out of Hollywood and the internet is polluted. And I'm distraught and appalled by message parents endorsing it. They turn and look the other way. You're doing your family a disservice. You don't love your family when you don't tell them the truth. Because love is corrective, the word of God says. You believe it? You really love me, you'll tell me the truth. It may, I may not be popular. You may not like me for a little while. You may have a little feelings against me, but you'll thank me later on. Hallelujah. We need to tell the truth. Even though it hurts, tell the truth in love. You believe it? It's designed to impregnate the minds of people with hatred and defiance against God in this age. All these things that's coming off of the internet. My God, it's, uh, it, it, it's deceptive. It's inconceivable. Some of the wickedness that you're seeing that's coming off of that. And you need to be careful what you're endorsing. You can be friends to people, but you don't have to endorse their lifestyle. You know, they've been married three or four times and and you're liking their posts and all these things. That's not being mean. Don't go public with how you feel, friends. Pray for them in your hearts. Don't send a mixed message to the world out there. Because people thrive on those things. When you like their posts and you tell them all these things, they're saying that you condone their way of living and their lifestyle. Come on, I'm going to preach in the house anyhow. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can still pray for them and love them. And when you see them, put your arms around them and tell them that you love them and you're praying for them. But what we have is a mixed message that's going out to the world today. And these people are looking to us for examples. If you will stand for what is right, you will be a magnet that will draw them back in the house of God. You realize that God's looking for some magnets in the church. Don't you give up on your children or people that are backsliding? You'd be a magnet. Because I believe God's going to reclaim all the backsliders in the church. 
It's not new people we need. It's the backsliders that come back in and fill out the pews. But they're looking for an example in us tonight. You believe it? Yes, I believe it tonight. They're teaching people to experiment with unlawful acts and become sex obsessed. This is the spirit of the age. You understand what happened in Eden. It was a sensual obsession between Eve and the serpents. When she left her headship and she got under the influence of the sex spirit, she left the headship of her husband and the serpent beguiled her. Come on now. Praise God. He's not a snake. He was an upright man. Hallelujah. That his seed can mingle with the woman's seed. To bring forth a Cain. Who was that wicked one. And the form we seem today. Is in the cursed form. As a reptile. But as I said last Wednesday night. That Satan again. Has been recreated. In this age. And he's taken on forms. By our minds. As we let him into our beings tonight. Understand that your, your eyes is the gate to the soul. And Satan comes through the eyes into our spirit and into our soul. Our imagination, conscience, memory, reason is affected by the, the things that goes into our beings. And this same spirit of the enemy again is working the same trick as he did in the Garden of Eden. Same spirit that was in the beginning is at the end time again. What is it? A sex obsessed world of perversion. You believe it? We live in an over sexualized world. Oh, there, there is there. God has set up a way uh, for a man and woman to uh, be intimate. The Bible said the bed uh, marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. It's God's way. It's God's ordinance. It's God's way for a man and a woman to be together. But Satan is taking that act outside of the sacred covenant that God has given. And it's perverted it in our churches and behind the pulpits. But God give me grace. Hallelujah. To preach what is right tonight. Do you believe it? Yes, we see all kind of experimenting with unlawful acts and, and sex obsession in this age. Oh, God, help us. It's my prayer. Same spirit. You know why? Because Satan is incarnated again into humanity. He's not a snake crawling on his belly. He's in the minds of the creator of movies and, and all these saints that are out there. He's clapped in the mind of these people. He's creating himself again through all these different imagery that is coming out of these places. All the, all the effects and deficiency of our warped-sided society has rolled right into our churches and homes again. These people are not sane they're warp-sided. Their brain has been influenced by Satan again. It's Satan's Eden. The entire thing is a Satan Eden again. You believe it? But praise God, we're going back to God's Eden. Someday, 
where he purified the earth and the righteous will walk out upon the ashes of the wicked. You believe it? I, by the warp-sided minds of people influenced by not a snake, but by the devil and his demons again. Some of these things you see coming out, friends, I'll tell you, it's nothing but the enemy drawing up the images from hell itself. We have a generation now who are unstable and dysfunctional. However, we have some parents who are ready to take back their whole families. Praise God. We have some families who are ready to take back their whole families. Are you ready to do it? Are you ready to take back your whole family? Praise God. I'm not giving up. Praise God. I'm not giving up. I have a promise that God will save my household. That thou and a house shall be saved. I have a promise. And that's the promise I want to walk into. You believe it? We have some fathers and young people in this church who are willing to sell out and serve God wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. God, it's everything or nothing. I'm either in church or out of church. Are you with me tonight? I'm looking for some wholehearted people who are willing to say, Lord, uh, take everything. Take me, Lord. I want you to take everything. Take my being. Take my mind. Take my spirit. Take my plans. Take my body. Take my ambition. Take every senses in my body, every fiber in my being, and pour the Holy Ghost in it. You don't need a Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost in this age. You're no match for what's coming out of hell in this dispensation. You're no match on your own just to be just another good Christian. We need more than good Christians. We need Holy Ghost Christians. You believe it? Not just to say, well, I'm good. I'm all right. I don't do certain things. That we're not messing about what we do and don't do. We need Holy Spirit leadership in our lives. You believe that? The Apostle John said in 1 John 2 and 17, he said, I write unto you fathers, praise God, here it is again, because you have known him, that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children, because you have known the father. Praise God, there's hope. There's hope. There's some fathers. There's some young men. There's some little children. That know the way of God in this age. And they will not take the way of Satan out there. You, be, you believe it? Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. I believe it was an order just went on a, it was a senior trip. Senior trip she went on with her basketball team. And every one of them, you know, the Baptists, they have different sort of beliefs and things like that on morals. We believe that a woman ought to dress modestly because the Bible says she should. That doesn't make her antique or she, she, she looked like somebody that, you know, that came out of Noah's heart. But she used to dress modest because the Bible says for her to not put on a garment that pertain unto a man. Right. Or they get technical and says, well, there's women's pants and there's men's pants. If it's got two legs, it's a pant. Praise God. If it's got two legs, it's a pant. Is that correct? Praise God. Why? Because she's not to expose her form to no one else but her husband. Praise God anyhow. Hallelujah. 
Oh, I love the testimony. Sister Amber just gave me, you know, they want to see your trip. You know, and Sister Anora, she influenced all the girls to one night wear dresses. Hallelujah. Amen. I wish I could show you that picture right now. They all look like message girls. Amen. Everyone, the basketball team, everybody dressed up modestly. They were walking down. They looked like some real Pentecostals. I say that's what God is raising up again in this church. Amen. Young ladies that know how to influence the world. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you, Nora. God bless you. Amen. She's smiling. I don't mean to embarrass you. But God, it's true. It's true. The devil likes to tell us that, you know what? There's not any more young people. Or, you know, all the young people are doing this. Be careful. Not all. Come on. Not all the young men or all the young ladies. We got some virtuous women. Hallelujah. That's ready to stand for what is right. And you can be a part of that. Amen. He said, I know you can overcome with the help. Amen of God. You believe that? I know you can overcome with the help of your parents and a godly pastor and a proper word-based church. You know what people need is a good word-based church. Bible church. Bible-believing church. Somebody that can take the message of William Branham and run it through the Bible. Hello, church. You believe it? What came first, the message or the Bible? Come on now. We had the Bible, but the message was hidden in it. It took a vindicated prophet to have eyes to bring out what is the message. And the message is who? Jesus Christ. You believe it? It's important to have a word-based church. You better, be, you better make sure you're in a word-based church. A solid Bible-believing church that believes in the Bible. You believe it? Not somebody's just stacking up quotes and indoctrinating your minds, but somebody that can take you back to this Bible, hallelujah, and make it live again. Do you love a church? Fathers and mothers, hallelujah. I believe it's important to us to understand the ways of God. It's important to us to know the ways of God. It's up to fathers and mothers. And I want you to listen and take heed to godly teaching and ditch the know-it-all attitude. Hallelujah. Ditch the know-it-all attitude. Well, I know this and I know that. It's not knowing it. It's a reality. You understand? What I preach, as I said Sunday, is very literal. Because I'm literal about living it. It ought to be literal. If it cannot be lived, it should not be preached. And the best sermon we can preach is the one we live. Are you with me now? Listen, any nation who turns from God is overtaken with the spirit of witchcraft. And when people become rebellious against godly leadership, they're also overtaken with witchcraft. And witchcraft is a religion rooted in paganism and Satanism, which denies the God of the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, God, help us not to be a part of a pagan-filled society of Satanism, but to be a part of the family of God. Hallelujah. That's not perfect, but forgiven. 
that don't have all the answer, but willing to say, forgive me, help me, pray for me. I'm wrong. Cast this devil off of my life. That's what God's looking for. Praise God. Are, are you with me tonight? Amen. None of us uh, are excluded from uh, the temptation uh, and the pressure of evil spirits in this age. None of us, young adults and parents, uh, are excluded, excluded from a seductive spirit entering into our eyes and our bodies. But we cannot allow that spirit to subside against the Holy Spirit of God in the saints. We must be willing when we see it to say, God have mercy upon my life. First repent to God, run to the altar, and put it under the blood. You believe it? Hallelujah. I'm going to say this, and this may hurt some of you, but I don't believe in confessing your sins. Amen. To people, to me or anybody else. There's only one potentate, and that is Jesus Christ. If you're struggling with some kind of a, a central sexual spirit or some sexual sins from the past, don't confess it to me, church. I'm not your pope. Confess it to Jesus Christ. Run to the altar get, and pray through until God deliver you. If you don't feel delivered, come see Sister Deanna and I. We'll give you some counseling. And if you desire prayer, we'll run that demon off your life. Because the gift of uh, deliverance is also a gift in my life. Able to deal with demonic powers and to cast them out in the name of Jesus Christ. You believe that? The anointing is in this church, in this ministry, to lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Not only that for healing, but demonic power run off of our lives. You know it. How many of you was witness here at Main Street? When that demon spirit got a hold of that young girl that was sitting in the front. I don't, I don't know. We may have got some hands. Do we have anybody else here? Any witness? Anybody witness that? In that service. And she came to the front. Got on the ground. She squirmed like a snake, friend. She never heard and see such demonic manifestation. The brothers, the elders tried to hold her down. In that service, she had power over strong men. Froth out of her mouth. She was... Hissing like a snake. Our body was going like a snake in and out. But in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That demon had to surrender that morning. Amen. In that church. You know why? Because God has given us power over unclean spirits. You believe it? God has given us power to cast out devils and heal the sick. I was preaching down in the Amazon some years back. In that old service, I didn't, didn't know what was going on that night. But I preached the power of God. I went down the book of uh, Matthew talking about the unclean spirits come out of a man. And, they, and then they walk in dry places. Then when they return, they see that house garnished and swept. And they go and get seven more demons worse than themselves. And the last stage of that man is worse than the first. I was preaching on this in that Indian village that night. Didn't realize I called a prayer line. Every single man that came up there in that prayer line had a demon possession upon their lives. Friends, you have never heard demons screaming and hollering like that. I prayed for demons for a solid hour in that meeting. Over 200 native Indians there casting out demons left and right in that place. Brother that was with me, his life wasn't where it needed to be with the Lord. 
We went back to the camp that night. We sat, we slept in hammock in the Amazon River, crocodiles unto, under you. Pythons, amen. You can see them in a river. You're under a hammock and a snake a fall in a You better know you got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That night, this brother, he went with me. He wasn't where he needed to be with God. He needed more Holy Ghost in his life. That night, brother, I heard a squall and I heard a holler. Demons that was cast out in that meeting for a solid hour. Amen. Got a hold of this brother, squeezing his neck. He couldn't even breathe. Amen. He barely, his hand barely hit my hammock. And I jumped out of it. He was blue in the face. Don't tell me demons aren't real. Hallelujah. Lay my hands upon his head and I commanded that demon to leave his body in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In a moment's time, he was like, <sighs> life came back into his body. It was Zoe life. Hallelujah. God's own life. I prayed a prayer of faith over him and said, God, quicken him. Quicken him in the Holy Ghost. It was that, that night that he knelt before me, confessed some things in his life, and asked me to ask God to take it out of his life. Oh, praise God, he's still a deliverer. He's still able to cast out devils. I don't care if it's a spirit of lie, a spirit of fornication, a devil of sodomy, a demon of fornication, a spirit of adultery. God is able to deliver you. Hallelujah, anyhow. I didn't come here to play church with you tonight. Hallelujah. I could be home resting tonight. But praise God, I came to this house to let the devil know he's defeated in Jesus' name. You believe it? Wow, what, a, what, a, what an age that we live in. Yes, we see all these things happening. Even witchcraft is religion rooted in paganism and Satanism. which deny God and the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ. But we're more than able. Hallelujah. We're more than able. You need the courage to say, God, I need this thing off of my life. I don't know what it is tonight. But if it's conflicting with the Holy Spirit, you need it off of your life. You need to say, God, take it away from me completely. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I love it tonight. Oh, I love Brother Johnny Ross used to sing a song. You can't make it to heaven if your heart's not right. You can't have one foot in the world and one in the church. You can't make it to heaven if your heart's not right. You got to be humble. You got to be uh, transparent. You got to be willing. They say, God, I don't need no cover-up. I don't need no escape. I don't need a hiding place. I'm naked before you, Lord. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, I pray. And see if there'll be any wicked way in me. And lead me to your way everlasting. Is that your cry tonight? You see, witchcraft involves the manipulation of demonic hosts through incantation 
and casting of spells. You see, the modern day witchcraft and the casting of spell isn't done like the ancient time through powder and bones and ancient ingredients. It is done through the human minds in this age. Witchcraft is cast upon humanity through evil-minded people who have surrendered their minds to Satanism. God help us in my prayer. Who is engaging in idolatry. Engaging in idolatry opens the door to demonic oppressions tonight. Which leads to unlawful, obsessive, sexual conducts. God, get this thing off of my life. Hallelujah. I don't care who you are today. Every time I go to the mall and I walk with my wife and I walk out those doors, I ask God to sanctify me and to keep me clean. Time I go on vacation, I ask God to sanctify me and keep me clean. I'm not excluded from the naked uh, women and and, uh, the immorality of this age. But I ask God to wash my mind and my spirit so that I can be a vessel of honor for God. Amen. I'm a man just like any man this morning that put my pants on. Hallelujah. The same way any man put on their pants in boat legs. Hallelujah. But we have to stay covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have to be washed clean by the Spirit uh, uh, of God. Do you believe it? You believe Jesus Christ is among us this, uh, this, uh, this evening? Parents and all people, your only hope is in the Lord. And the best defense is a strong defense. And that is in the unadulterated Word of God. Be a voice of truth against the hellish world you live in today. Be that voice of stand for what is right and what is truthful in this age. Hallelujah. Stand against the new age movement that wants to brainwash us and our family and make us bend to it. Satan wants to... Indoctrinate us to the way of Babylon. You are to teach your family to fear God. Teach them morality. Teach them godliness. Teach them that God's face is against them that do evil. Teach them that the Lord is a deliverer out of immoral spirits. Teach them those things. Teach them to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Teach them how to come to the altar and cry out to God. You believe it? Hallelujah. Come to God and cry out to him. Praise God. Cry for his forgiveness. Come to the altar and cry out to him. And there confess everything that's within you to the only one true priest there is. The Lord Jesus Christ. He is the high priest of our confession. The Bible says, you believe that? Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't encourage it. I don't encourage it. I don't encourage uh, uh, sexual confessions uh, amongst believers. It only opens for the spirit of sensuality to expand and multiply uh, in and amongst Christians. Uh, You can confess that to God and God will take care of it. You take it to God and God will take care of it. 
if you still have a spirit on you, then God is able to deliver you out of that. Nobody, hallelujah there, is better than the other person. We're all subject to fall into moral depravity, but God can lift us out. You believe it? Oh, the old song said, he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon the rock to say, you believe it? He's able to stoop to the lowest and the rankest sinner there is and set them up as a monument and a trophy of his grace. You believe that? Yes, teach them to come to the altar and to cry out to God. Hallelujah. Cry out to God. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Come to the only one true uh, high priest. Oh, the high priest, Jesus Christ, after the order of Melchizedek. Praise God. You believe it? You know that's our lineage. A good friend of mine, a minister friend of uh, myself, lives in Toronto. He went to a nice Jewish gathering uh, some evening. And in that gathering, you know, there are all different orders of priesthoods that comes to that Jewish ceremony. Well, he was invited to come to that ceremony. And, you know, each one was just going around just identifying their lineage and their order. So what order are you from? And what order are you from? And what order are you from? And each one, I'm of Benjamin and I of Levi and I am of, you know, Ephraim and I am of Dan and all the others. So they came to my friend and, you know, he's just a rank old sinner Gentile and he was amongst all them uh, goody two shoes, uh, all the righteous order of that day. So they asked him, they said, so what order are you from? He said, inspiration struck him and he said, I'm from the order of Melchizedek. Amen. Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. And the rabbi, uh, the rabbi just shook his head and said, whoa, that's a high order. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's a high order. That's where you're from. The order of Melchizedek. Hallelujah. You believe it? Oh, glory to God. Oh, thank God that he saves us. Thank God that he blesses us. Let us all stand to our feet as a musician come. My time is gone, and I'm only on page one and a half. But praise God. I'm telling you the truth anyhow. Do you love Jesus? Do you love his word? Do you appreciate him? Praise God. Praise God. Praise his holy name. My, every time I get to this one spot, it's like God just stops me right here. And it's right at the spot where we left off a few weeks ago, where mothers are to have a role to raise our family in a healthy and safety environment. And then the Holy Ghost just pulled my coat and said, leave it alone. You got more to preach on than that. Do you love him tonight? How long did I preach anyways? 30 minutes, 45 minutes? Man, shoot that pot. God is good, isn't he? Do you love him? Is the Lord good? Are you enjoying your preaching? Amen. Are you enjoying these Wednesday night preaching? Is it washing you? Yes. I am washed by the water. Yes. Hallelujah. We, 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 we don't know that song. I'm washed by the water. By the water of the word. Amen. It's washing us every day. Hallelujah. When we confess before God our sins and say, Lord, I'm so sorry, Lord. Have mercy upon my life. Help me, oh Jesus. And I don't want you to get the idea you can't come to me and ask me for prayers. Amen. But I'm just telling you, Jesus Christ is the only potentate. He's the only priest there is. You know, I did a study of the Catholicism. 
And you realize that the percentage, a great percentage of the priests who started out, they started as young, handsome young men. And the, 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 the period that they actually uh, give up their order or they, they, they backslide is within that first two or three years of their priesthood. And nine out of ten of them testify that what really messed them up was confession box. You can look it up, confession box. And five out of ten turn out to be homosexuals because they can't have a wife. And there are constantly these confession box here and these sexual confessions. Whoever says that you got to go and confess your sexual sin to any man, you confess it to Jesus Christ. And he's able to wash it clean. Hallelujah. You believe it? The same with Mother Superior, the same with her. Why do you think when they dug up the uh, basement of the, the, uh, of the, of the Catholic uh, um, uh, churches, the, the, the uh, what do you call it, these, these uh, con- convents at the, at the bottom of the basement of the convents, they dig up and you know what they find? Hundreds of baby skeletons from pregnant nurses. You know why they can't handle it? My God made a man to be with a woman, a woman to be with a man. Amen. There is no, 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 no other order for a God to ever clean his people but through the blood of Jesus Christ. Not through man, not through women, not through the church, not through anything, but through the blood of Jesus Christ. You believe it? Now, if you struggle with something, you need to see your pastor and his wife, and we'll sit down with you. We'll talk to you about certain things. But, brother, let me tell you something. You put it on the blood. And say, God, it is under the blood. I'm not talking about this no more. I don't even want to bring it back up. Come on, church. Let's stay right there and die and rot. And say, Lord Jesus, I'm leaving this place a free person. First, I confess it to you. Secondly, I bring it to the altar. And I'm walking on free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm walking on free. Why are you shouting? Why are you so happy? Oh, because Jesus set me free. Jesus set me free. Hallelujah. Sing a song, my brother. I've got to get grandbabies in the bed. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Them grandbabies are with me. Amen. From the heavenly way. Sing it now. And I was wretched and vile as could be. Yes, I
I know you're the bride. I know you're the seed of God. But you're in a body right now. That's not going in a rapture. And you're struggling in that flesh. But all you got to do is reach up by faith in Jesus' name. Brother Chris, that's all you got to do is reach up by faith. Hallelujah. Oh, reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. I believe that he's passing by this moment. You don't have to leave her upset. You don't have to be mad at the preacher. You ought to be saying, God, thank you. I've got a godly pastor that will tell me the truth. Amen. I'll teach about the congregation what is right and holy and precious. You believe it? Oh, praise the Lord. I just love it so much. You know, I have three children. And uh, going to have five grandchildren. How is that? Your grandchildren outweigh your children. But I love them so much. I love them so much. Every day I, lo- I love them. My son, my two girls, I just something about them. When they're home, I, you know, I, I'm empty nester now. Wife and I, we, we have the empty nester syndrome. We're sitting there and Naomi's gone. She was the last. We held on to her. Squeeze her as long as we can. But guess what? I was outstrength by a boy called Noah Mo. <laughs> but guess what? I was smart. And she came to me and said, Dad, I want to buy a house. I said, okay, we will. I found every house that was within a mile from my house. <laughs> so I can see that baby. Amen. I know you all love your children. I know I'm not the only one. I know you love them undyingly. But let me give you a little bit of advice before we sing. Tell them the truth. Be honest with them. These girls will tell you. Daddy was very transparent with us. Daddy was, you see, just the other day, they didn't know it. I was in my office. I heard them out there talking. Just talking about how we were raised and our standards and we, we, the standards that daddy raised for us is just so, was so high. I'm so thankful for a godly father who just raised. I'm not saying that about my, myself. 
But oh my, when I heard it, I got on my knees and I'm going to cry out to God. I said, Lord, that's what I want to do for my spiritual children in the church. I'm going to raise the standard so high in my congregation. Hallelujah. And someday they'll look back and say, thank God for a pastor that raised up the standard high and told us the truth, even though it scorched our eyes. Even though it scorched our eyes and made us feel uncomfortable, it was still the word of God. Hallelujah. I don't want to be like that, uh, that girl over there and that pastor that didn't tell her the truth. And she was dying. And death was in her vein coming up to her. The pastor came in and said, Pastor, hallelujah. If you had told me the truth, I wouldn't have been here. I don't want that, friends. I don't care if it's three people I've got or 100 people or 200 people or how many. I want to have a testimony that please God. That's my life for my grandchildren and for you. I don't feel any different for you and your children the way I love my girls, my son. I feel the same way about your children, the same way I pray for them. Some of them, you don't realize the prayers that I make. And you think maybe I've forgotten them, but I've not forgotten your children. I know they're coming, and I know my prayers. God will never let them drop to the ground because they're coming, and you trust me. I will go to my grave telling you they're coming, and you will see the manifestation of it. Reach out and touch the Lord if you just sing it one time before we go. Amen. Let's sing it again. Just reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You're gonna find he's not too that he's not too busy to your heart's cry, for he is passing by this moment. Lord, help me today, Lord. I surrender my all to you. Touch the Lord as He goes by. You believe it? Hallelujah. Can you dim the lights down up here and throw up that picture for me if you don't mind? This is a picture I was telling you about. Sister Nora converted the entire basketball team to wearing dresses. Hallelujah. Isn't that all right? <laughs> you know, she could have easily stuck and wore her pants with all of them, but she said, you know what? I am a child of God. Hallelujah. Man, they all look like message believers there, don't they? Praise Lord. Way to go, Sister Nora. God bless you. God bless you. My, my daughter in the gospel. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's raise the banner high. God will continue to blessing us and blessing our family. We love you all. And we know that God's got great things in store for each and every one of you. You know that. He does. He has great things in store for you. You young people, don't worry. God's got great things for you. Amen. Don't rush it. Let God do it. Yes. When he does it, he does it good. When you try to make it happen, it's going to fall apart. Amen. Let God do it. Yes. Say, Lord, my plans and my dreams are in your hands. Yes. Take control of my life. And God will bless you for it. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord. As we come to the close of this meeting, just a kind, sweet spirit here tonight, Lord. I, 
I, just all over the board tonight, Father. I pray you'll take my scruple-up words and make it a reality to the life of your people and encourage them, I pray. Go with us and bring us back Sunday morning, the appointed time, looking for a grand time around the fellowship of God. In Jesus' name, and the church says, amen. amen. God bless you. Shalom to you online. Service here Sunday morning, uh, Children's Church, 945. Sunday school is at 10, and then we have message study, study at 1030, regular service.